Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. After Easter, you know, Easter is a time of reflection and a time where we, um, you know, it's a, it's a celebratory but somewhat serious time. We think back and we think, on Easter, Jesus, you rose. You rose. You crushed death. He did. He got up. He's the only person that got himself up from being dead. This is good, right? So we have this time on Easter to remember that. And then afterward, you know, I spent a lot of my week just reflecting on that. I'd spent so much time preparing for my sermon last week on the resurrection. Then I'm thinking, I just, it was, for me, there was a lot of carryover. I hope you had a nice time at your post-Easter remembering about the resurrection. I did. Um, and I found there's a man online who runs an organization, and mostly it's pastors that use his organization. Not necessarily. Um, and he posted an article, or he sent out an a article with a link to a posting, kind of a lighthearted view after Easter on things that people, when they, go, when they search Google to get to his website, things that people use to search on Google to get to his website. For example, you know, if you're searching for me, you might type in something like animal magnetism, rugged, good-looking, you know, <laughs> things like that. You might use that and find me. Well, what would you use to find this guy's site? And he was able to capture some of that information. One of the things people have used was best-fitting collars for preachers. How would I look if I had a collar, huh? Would, I, would that I'd be kind of style in there? Could, could you... I don't think I could pull that off. I could wear that with my kippah. How to write, this is one that I go, oh man. How to write a critical anonymous letter. I just want to save you some time. Don't give me a critical anonymous letter, okay? If somebody says, here, I wrote this for Jim, but don't tell him it's for me. Give it to him. You know, ugh, scary. How about this? Should greeters stand behind a counter? And he said, my preference is slightly to the right. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes we do things, we don't have all the answers, right? We put a welcome table up. Tom Meyer built our welcome table. He did a great job. And he built it from scratch. And, and he brought it in on a, on, on a day during the week. And, you know, I was looking at it. We put it on. I'm like, man, this looks really good. Where do we put it? I don't know where we put it. And then Lori does a great job with the ushers and, you know, her, that ministry. And she's... She's like, well, Jim, where do we put this? And you know, should we have usher stand here, here? And we go in through this whole thing. This is not spiritual at all. There's no rules in where to put a welcome table. That one just made me smile. What are the duties of the pastor emeritus? To emerit with quality. <laughs> My dad's not in here for this. We call him pastor emeritus. What do you do, dad? I don't know. Well, you do it very well. Should people hug in church? I don't know. That's somebody Google that. They searched that to get to this website. I don't know if should people yes, I think it's okay to hug in church. How about this one? Don't marry pretending women sermons. Anybody know what that means? Good. I don't either. <laughs> what do I do if a woman in the church is trying to seduce my husband? That was a search. Somebody looked for that. That's a pro if, if you have that problem here, I don't know what to tell you to do. <laughs> that's, I hope that's not happening. So some of these just made me smile. You know, church, we're just a bunch of real people, aren't we? 
We're just real people trying to find what God wants for our lives. Is that true? Anybody disagree with me? Good, because I don't want to send it to another church. We're just real people. And I, I, we serve a very real God who has a very real design and a very real plan. And we're not just big blob of people who show up on a Sunday and then go about our business. By the way, we had two prophetic words today. Oh, were you able to hear them in the back? We had some glitches. Could you hear them in the back? Yes, I hope so. I just want to tell you this. They made me feel really good about my message. Sometimes the Lord speaks and he reinforces, he, he kind of declares the message that I'm going to be speaking. So when there's a prophetic word and it's what I'm going to speak on, I go, man, that's really cool. Mom, did you know what I was going to speak on? No. Mark, did you know? No. All right. So neither of them knew. It's a lot of fun. Okay, Mom, thanks for joining the conversation. <laughs> that's great. You know, we're a small crowd today, but that doesn't mean that God's not here. Right? We can be great big, we can be great small, but we're going to be great. Okay, so let's dive into a verse. Let's go straight into the word. Acts 7, verses 2 through 4. And he said, by the way, this is a small typo. It's not the ESV, it's the New King James Version. And he said, brethren and fathers, listen, the glory of God appeared. He, by the way, is Stephen. Stephen is going before the Sadducees. This is really, their, he's on trial, really a trial for his life. And they want to know what's going on. And he's, this is what he shares. Brethren and fathers, listen. The glory of God appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and said to him, so this is before he dwelt in Haran. You get that? I want to pause here. When did it happen? Before Haran. And he said to him, get out of your country and from your relatives. From who? From his relatives, before Haran, leave your relatives. And come to the land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved to this land in which he now dwelt. Now Genesis offers another perspective on this. But the bottom, of the, bottom, uh, the bottom line here is that Abraham heard from God. He goes on this journey and he brings his relatives. For whatever reason. And then he decides to dwell in Haran. His father dies. And then he moves on to the promised land. God said, don't bring your relatives. Abraham had relatives. And go on the journey. Why did he stop in Haran? We don't know. But he did. God said, go there. Go there. I'm going to take you to that place. I'm, just, I'm going to send you out there. You're going to go there. But Abraham stopped in Haran. That's interesting, isn't it? Why did he stop? We don't know. But I think it's important for us to consider that for a minute. Some of us, we, God wants something for us, and we have a Haran that we'll stop at. I want you to go someplace. I've got a great plan for you. Ryan, I've got a great plan for you. Mark, I've got one for you. Carrie, I've got one for you. We can go around the room. I've got a great plan for you. Victoria, I've got a great plan for you. We can go around the room. But sometimes people hear this from God. They know that they're supposed to be doing things. They know there's a place that they should go. And for whatever reason, they stop in Haran. You ever notice that? You ever known anybody like that? They stall. And they dwell there. 
And they really slow themselves down. Now, Abraham ultimately got to the promised land, but for whatever reason, he made the trip longer than it needed to be. It didn't need to be as long. He stopped in Haran. Why? Why? We know his, his father died there, but, but why? Why do people stop in these Harans? What's happening? Why do they stall? I want to know. I think you get the point. Sometimes people, when we move forward, we get stuck in a place. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. We have these different types of Harans. There's a number of different things that people will stop in. And it's their city. It looks like a nice place, but they get stuck there. For example, sometimes people get stuck in Haran because they bring the wrong people along with them in life. The wrong people. Now, this is an interesting thing. This is a little bit of an aside, but I want to share this here. In saying this in the church, that sometimes we should avoid certain people that bring us down, it sounds like I'm being really mean. If we were in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and I said, hey, there's some people that you shouldn't be hanging out with, and they'll bring you back into troubles, that wouldn't be considered as bad, would it? Why is it in churches, if somebody says there's certain people we should avoid, it can be misconstrued and seen as very judgmental. You ever notice that? I don't know why that is. But there are people in our life that are not good for us. True? They're not. We know it. We've known it maybe for years. You may have somebody in your life that just stops you in Haran. For whatever reason, whatever it is. But yet, people will continue to try and drag somebody along with them. I'm trying to pull them. All it does is stop us when we try to pull somebody. That's, so that's a kind of a Haran. People are kind of a Haran. Another kind of Haran. Sometimes people think they've already arrived. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I've already done that. What, God, you want me to go there? I, it's a, I've already done this. I'm already there. I'll give you an example of this. Being a pastor. People think being a pastor, hey, Jim, you already know what God wants for you. Actually, I don't at all. I know God wants me to operate in this way, but I don't know how, and I don't know how this day in 2018, and how I'm going to do it in 2028. What is our church going to be like in 2028? I hope it's not the same as today. I hope we've grown. But I don't know what we're in for. This scares the beans out of me to think what I have to do between 2018 and 2028. I haven't arrived because I'm a pastor. If we were all pastors in the room, we would not all have arrived. Is that true? It just means we have a definition to some of the work in our life. Sometimes people think they've arrived. Sometimes it's based on age. You know, if someone says, oh, I'm at this age, I, my work is done. What was Noah, like 900 and something years old and his work kept going? How about this Haran? This is another Haran. Pruning. Pruning can, can make us afraid to leave a Haran. We know if we want to go from here to there in God's plan, if God has designed for your life, we have to go from here to there. God, okay, God, I'll go this way. But that means that God's going to be working in our life and tweaking us and, and maneuvering and snipping pieces of our life out and cleaning our thinking and adjusting our feelings. 
And that takes work. Somebody's all up in our business. God's all in our business. That takes work. Right? People will stop because, you know what, that's a lot of work. I don't want you pruning my life, God. I'm just going to wait here because I think this is nice and comfortable. I got my warm blanket thing going on. So that's kind of a haran. People avoid things. There's a fear. That's kind of a haran too, isn't it? People who are afraid to move forward. They're just afraid. That's a kind of haran. I've seen people just, I don't, I don't think I can do this, Jim. I don't think I, just do it. Just do it. Watch what God does. What about this Haran? Unresolved questions about where you're going or where you've been. Where you're going or where you've been. God, I'm not taking another step further until you give me some answers about what I just went through. You know that kind of mentality? I hear that from people. I can't do that until God tells me what just happened. What? Really? But I hear that. People insist on God giving him an answer. Right now, God, he's God. And the past stops people. The past becomes a haran. Something terrible happens in someone's life and it becomes a kind of a haran. You know, I lived in Alaska for years. And Alaska is a fun place to live for a kid. It's fun. I mean, it's got some downside, but it's a fun place to live. And I remember we left beautiful Alaska in Anchorage where we lived. There's a mountain ridge on one side, and then there's some land. Then there's the ocean. So there's the ocean. There's some mountains. It's beautiful. Adam, is Alaska nice? Alaska is nice. It is a beautiful place. It's maybe not tropical, but it's beautiful. And I remember... We left, and we, we were driving to Milwaukee. We flew from Alaska to, to Minnesota, and we bought a car there, and we came to Milwaukee. And I remember we were driving from Minnesota to Milwaukee, and I had no idea where we were. There was no mountains for me to gauge our driving distance by. We were just driving through perpetual green and perpetual flat. To me, I think, what is happening, God? Why would you bring us to the wasteland of America? <laughs> I didn't understand. And I actually think, now I think Wisconsin is beautiful, but I remember I looked back at it and I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? It's flat and green. There's nothing to it. And then people here were, but we have a beautiful lake. Have you seen it? It's brown. We celebrate the brown. Now, when I was a kid, this was my thinking. I'm not bashing us now. I'm very glad for a lake. I like that we have a lake. And I actually like the location of Wisconsin. But I struggled with this. There are people who struggle with moves in their life, whether it's a physical move or a past emotional move. And it becomes a haran. I can tell you about all the great times I experienced with God in Alaska when I was a kid, but that would be a haran for me. That's pretty good. <laughs> Sometimes people want to know where they're going. God, I'm not taking a step further until you tell me where the promised land is. Can you imagine Abraham back in the day talking to his wife? Lady friend, we're going to go. Pack up. We're going to go. She says, where? I don't know. Should I pack for a long trip or a short trip? I don't know. What should I expect with the weather? I don't know. He had nothing to tell her. God doesn't, he is God. Amen? He says, go, we go. And it always works out okay. 
Maybe not in this life, but in the afterlife, but it always works out okay. We go. We don't need answers. Living in habitual sin is a type of Haran. Living in habitual sin is a type of Haran. People get stuck in this stuff in their head and they do things and they think that they're never going to get past it. That they're always doomed to this sin. They've gotten saved, they've come to faith, but they can't get past this. They can't do it. And they spend the rest of their life living in this defeated way. Defeated way, sometimes you can smell it on somebody. They're so discouraged by whatever they're living in. And this habitual sin, there's a whole range of what they can be. But that becomes a Haran. They never make it out of Haran, that Haran of habitual sin. And they build it in their heads. Careers can become a Haran. Let's face it. We spend more time working than we do at church, right? Here we're for an hour, hour and a half, a week. Maybe a home group. You add another couple hours in there. But you go to work and you're working for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Whatever it is, you work all the time. But that's not a Haran to stop at. We're ministering out there too. For some reason, people have this mindset. When I go to church, I'm churchy and I'm Christian-y and I'm happy, but when I go to work, I'm going to work. Well, yes, we work there. But where's the church going? There's all kinds of these harans. There's other harans we didn't even talk about. I mean, dating can be a haran. For teenagers, dating, this can be a big haran. Sometimes families are haran. You know, God gives us, you know, we have these children. Or some, some people are, have these, are blessed with children. And then that becomes the haran. They set their whole life around their kids. Heaven forbid the Lord would be more than their children. And I'm being really facetious and sarcastic when I say that. Their mindset is children first. It's God first. But the, the children can be haran for people. They can structure everything they do around their children first. And then they work it into God after that. That's all messed up. That's a type of Haran. They miss where God's trying to take them because they're focused on their children. We should be focused on our children. But I'm talking in the right priority. Haran. Harans, there's all these different types of Harans. There really are. And it's just being alive we get caught and we see these harans, and sometimes these issues come up in life, and we put our heads down, and we just plow through them. And other times, issues come up, and we just stop. We miss where God's trying to take us. We just stop, and we miss the fact that he's got a great place for us, and he's got something specific that's going to bring out the best in our lives. Let's look at another slide. 1 Peter 1. Verse 13, therefore, preparing your minds for action. Let's face it, what, what are all these harans that I mentioned, what do they all have in common? They're in our heads. All of them are driven by our thinking. All of them are driven by our thinking. Right? Prepare our minds for action. If we, we got to get in the game and be ready for it. We got to think, what will I do? How do I move up the way? Being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. By the way, I just want to say this. I didn't say this at first service. They should come back and hear this again. 
When is the grace going to be fully brought to us? When we're a year older? When we're three years older? Or is it fully at the, or the revelation of Jesus Christ? At the full revelation. That's what we're longing for. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Don't go back to what you used to do. Don't go back to that old Haran. Move on. Move on. Don't be victim to that old stuff in your life. Don't go back. You ever, have you ever seen people go back and they wallow in it? Proverbs has this great verse. As a dog returns to its vomit, so does a fool return to its volley. Don't go back to the vomit. Isn't that a picture? I just like that verse. Yeah, it's not every day you get to use that verse in preaching, but that's a good verse. Let's look at another one, Mike. One way to plow through these harangues is think about the testimonies of God in your life. In your life. What has God done in your life? Sometimes it's hard to think of things. I encourage you to write down things God does. If you pray for something, write down your prayer request, go back, fill it out. What has God done? Okay? Then you can remember. If you can't think of a single thing that God's done in your life other than salvation, think of this. He brought you here today. You didn't have to be here. I noticed that nobody is naked. Thank God you have clothes on. I'm not kidding. You have clothes on. There are parts of the world there are no clothes. We vacationed in Jamaica. I was there years ago. We were on a youth trip, a missions trip, and we were just outside of an orphanage, and they had the clothes they wore. Whether they were fully ripped, and there were kids that had ripped, their, their clothes were pants ripped all the way up their sides. Thank God that we have the clothes we wear. That you come here and you have a full belly or you have a place to go get food. Yeah, that's if you can think of nothing. That Jesus rose from the dead. We celebrated last week. Remember it every day. This is exciting. How did you get here today? Did you drive? Somebody drive you? You get where I'm going with this, right? Thank God that he's provided. Think of the testimonies. I've got testimonies in my life that God has done for me. And I, go, I think back to them and I think, what? Some of my testimonies I said and I joke about, you know, my wife is a testimony of God to me. Think of the testimonies of God in your life. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, your deeds of salvation all the day. I will remember your wonders of old, your wonders of old and in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. You know, David says a lot of these things. This is same David who messed up royally multiple times. And yet he's still saying it. He's not stuck in a Haran. He's gotten himself up and he's moving on with God. Your testimonies are my heritage forever. You know, there's two types of testimonies here. One is the fact that we remember what God did. And the other one is the if testimony. If. If you do this, I will. If you, then I. If you, then I. If you seek me, you will find me. If. When you read the scriptures, if you, then I. If we live by those testimonies of God, those statements of God, if we remember what God's done, that helps our thinking move on. It gets us out of a Haran. I'm not so scared about leaving that to go to that because I know that God's led me through other stuff. Go ahead, Mike. Philippians 4, verse 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, 
whatever, what's, or whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about the good things. You know, have you, well, I'll read on here. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The God of what? Peace. You ever had turmoil in your life? Don't dwell on the bad stuff. Pick yourself up. Leave Haran. You having a bad day? Get up, get out of Haran. You having a bad day at work? Get up, get out of Haran. Thank God he gave you a job. You ever lose your job? Thank God there's another day coming. Get up and get out of Haran. You know, I've, I've shared this. This is, I love this. Have you ever laid in bed and you've just not been able to sleep because of the day that you've had? Your head is just, you know, a bad day or so much. You're, you're just reeling. What I encourage you to do is this. Get up, get out of bed, go sit in the other room, sit on your couch, and think of the testimonies of God. Get your head wrapped around the fact, and I, I've done this. I mean, I'm preaching to me. We get our heads around the good things of God, and we think, man, you know what, God? This has been a crazy day at work, or this has been a crazy day with my family, or this has been a crazy day with bills, unexpected bills. That could be Haran, too, money. So get, this has been a crazy day, but you know what, God? I'm going to remember the things that you've done in my life. I'm going to remember that you brought me to this place. I'm going to remember that you've been with me and you've comforted me. I'm going to remember that you've given me food and friends. You're a Haran to me. All of you right now are Haran. I are not a Haran. <laughs> You're not a Haran. You're a testimony. I need, when I need to get out of Haran, that's what I'm trying to say. I've sat down on my couch and I thank God for you. I go, man, God, I can't believe you brought us together. This mishmash of people, I can't believe you brought us together. Why did this person come here? Why did they come here? Only you, Holy Spirit, can draw us together in this way. It's encouraging to me. And then I get up, I go back to bed, and I have a better shot at sleeping. I'll tell you, I do always sleep better after I do that. Puts things in perspective. If we're going to go to where God wants us, we have to do this. We can do this. We have our individual lives in doing this. We also have our collective congregation in doing this. Our collective congregation. You know, God has designs for us as a whole as a whole church group, our collective. We're, we're not called to be a, a corner church building. That is not the calling on this house. That's not the calling on us as a family. We're not called to just be here on Sundays, to open the doors, hope people come in, and then go home until next Sunday. That's not what we exist for. We exist to be great, big in God's plan for us. Not let anything stop us. And to move out and get it done for God in the gospel. I said this earlier. We're the church. We're the community. We're, we're the church and we go. So we're the church going. We're not the church staying and if we stay in Haran, we miss that in our life. You with me? No time for Harans. Just say no to Haran. I'm trying to think of what are the slogans we can use here. 
fight the Haran. <laughs> what else can we say? You get my point, right? I'll give you Haran. <laughs> no Harans. Well, that's all I have to say about that. If you want to stay in your Haran, please don't be offended if I don't hang out with you in your Haran. This is, you know, I'm gonna ha- this is a tangent. If I had a wireless mic on, our wireless is having some technical difficulties, I would walk over here and I would tell you this is an aside. So, I want to tell you my tangent, my aside here. Sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, yeah, it's something really bad happened in my life. And they tell me about it. Man, that's terrible. That's, that's awful. I feel bad. You had a terrible thing in your life. Some of you, you had terrible things in your life. And I think, man, that's terrible. Then they come back, whatever, a week later, a month later, it doesn't matter. And they tell it to me again. Well, I had a terrible thing. And I said, yeah, I still think that's bad. Then they come back a week later, a month later, and they tell me about a terrible thing in their life. And I say, yeah, that's bad. And then they come back another time and they tell me about a terrible thing. And I say, yeah, that's bad. You get the idea here? I know it's bad. At some point, I want to look and say, now, move on. As much as you can, move on. Sometimes it's hard. I mean, there's deep life hurts that people have had. I'm not trivializing those. But my goodness, if we choose to live in that Haran, we miss all that. So I mentioned this earlier, and I will tell you, I don't share this very often. <laughs> I'm going to share it now. When we got to Milwaukee as an Alaskan teenager, and I'm looking at how different the terrain looked, and all the houses look the same here. In Alaska, the houses didn't look the same to me. The houses in Milwaukee are older than the houses in Anchorage. Alaska is not that old of a city. Anchorage isn't that old of a city population compared to Milwaukee in the Midwest. Somewhere in my life, it dawned on me that if I want to see those unique places, I can go. I can go back. I can see Alaska again. I can go to Pamplona, say, July 9th through 12th, and run with the bulls. I can do that. But then I come back here to this place that God has planted me with these people that God's given to me. And this place to worship the way we all worship, this mishmash of worshiping. I, you know, I tell you, I've talked, some of you, I just, when I pray, and I'll mention your names to God, I'll think, God, thank you for so-and-so. And I, I do, I pray for you by name. And I, I, there's times where I think, I, I think about you, you Tim. And I say, God, why did you bring Tim here? Why, God, did you bring Tim here? <laughs> no, I don't say that. I think, why did you bring Tim to worship with us? How could that be that this man all the way from Nigeria has come here? And Edwin, I've said the same thing about you. Vitalis, I said the same thing about you. All the way. And the three of you didn't know each other. The Holy Spirit, you brought them here. Tom and Carrie, why did you come? I've, the stalls, why? Why did you come? We have native Milwaukeeans right here. Why this place, God? Why did you choose this place to build this family with these people? Why from the West Coast would Orion Spellacy pick Milwaukee? And why would he pick this one place in Milwaukee? I don't know. A job. <laughs> but why this place? Why Grace? 
The Holy Spirit does things in our life. As long as we don't stay in Haran. Amen? So please stand up if you would. And we're going to pray to bust through our Harans here. Lord God, we do seek you for the Harans in our life that you reveal them to us if we're not aware. And if we are aware, or if you reveal them, that we are able to just walk on through those cities. We don't need them, Lord. We want to go to those places that you've called us. We want to do those things that you want us to do. We recognize, Lord, that you have a bigger design, a bigger purpose for the things that we do in our life. We give them to you. We give them to you as a collective, as a whole unit, that this whole congregation and this family here can be involved and that we get rid of the Haran so congregationally we can do it. And we pray certainly individually that we can do it. I thank you for the work here. I thank you for drawing us together. And I thank you for the testimonies that are attached to your name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.